You asked, we answered. Many of you have asked that each show on the Man of God Network be transitioned to its own RSS feed on iTunes or the podcast app that you use. We've heard your request. Each show on the Man of God Network is now available on its own unique RSS feed. This makes it easier to search for previous episodes, yet all of our shows are still connected on one channel. You can find this by searching the Man of God by CBT Seminary channel on iTunes. If you've enjoyed our content, please consider subscribing to each show on the Man of God Network channel as we move content over. And thanks for listening to the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Welcome to another episode of The Pastor's Inbox on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We're here once again with Pastor Joe Wilson and Pastor Lee McKinnon, and the topic for this discussion today is deacons. We're going to be talking about what a deacon is. We're going to be talking about uh, the qualifications of a deacon. We're going to be talking about the importance of having deacons that function well in a church and how they can benefit the bride of Christ. So uh, just to get this conversation, brothers, um, I believe Pastor Lee will kick us off. What is a deacon? Well, uh, the very word deacon uh, means servant, uh, and that's obviously what they do. It's not only used of the office of deacon, uh, in the New Testament, but uh, it, that is used of that office, and, and it's clear from early on that it was a recognized office. For instance, when Paul would write to the Philippians, and he addresses it to uh, the overseers and deacons, or when we come to 1 Timothy 3, you've got the qualifications for the uh, deacons right after the qualifications for the office of elder. So, uh, it's clearly an office, which means these are the official servants of the church, and they're serving in things that would be then distinct from those more spiritual ministries of elders or, or pastors. It's generally understood that the office began back in Acts chapter 6 in order to fix a problem. We recall how uh, it was taking care of the widows. The, it seems, at least the uh, Hellenist uh, the Greek-speaking uh, Jewish widows were uh, neglected, and uh, therefore uh, that was a, a complaint brought by by them. Uh, and the uh, of, of the apostles uh, basically devised this as a means for sorting that out. Taking care of the widows would have been under uh, the authority of the apostles. It seems though they must have delegated it. And therefore, somebody dropped the ball, or at least had the appearance of that. And, and this is a matter that evidently needed some kind of hands-on oversight. And so they said, uh, seek out from among you uh, seven men, men are going to be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom and the like. So there are qualifications given uh, that the apostles themselves, they said, might uh, them, give themselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. They'd already said in verse 2 of chapter 6, uh, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. 
in actual fact, the word serve there, that's the, the verb form of that noun for deacon. And uh, therefore, it's the job of deacons to take care of matters that are distinct uh, from the more specifically spiritual concerns. You think of it as practical matters. Uh, I can't remember who it was that said it, but I can remember uh, hearing it said that as serving tables, well, that's what they do. They serve the table of the widows, that is taking care of benevolent concerns. They serve the table of the pastors by way of making provision for them so that they are freed up for their more spiritual focus. And then the table of the Lord, that is all that's involved in the physical side uh, of the church and its meetings. And, and they do so, again, with the confidence of the church. Seek out from among you. These are men who are recognized and, uh, and officially then entrusted with authority to fulfill these responsibilities. So, Joe, I'm going to throw it to you, brother. You know, I, I don't think I can add anything uh, to uh, to what you said. Uh, deacons are servants. They're uh, tested, proven, godly men. And uh, we can move on to another part of the questions. Fine with me. Okay, then, for the sake of uh, the next part of our conversation, I want to ask uh, you brothers, what are the qualifications for being a deacon and how do they differ from the qualifications of being a pastor? You know, uh, basically, the qualifications for being a deacon are very similar, I believe, to those of being a pastor. We have this uh, idea, at least sometimes it seems to be the prevailing idea that pastors have to be really godly men, but you can step down off of that for deacons. They don't have to be so godly, but both both offices of the church must be filled by godly men, uh, well-respected, uh, not desirous of, uh, of uh, sordid gain, it says, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine. Uh, the only difference that I see really between the qualification to be a deacon, the qualification to be an elder, is found in the phrase in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2, which says that the elder must be able to teach. It does not say that in the qualifications for, for a deacon. But both deacons and elders must be approved by the church, as our brother Lee has already said, as godly, as doctrinally sound in the faith, and as men who are above reproach. Lee, anything to add? Yeah, I, I think that uh, you, you hit it well, my brother. And, and there is, of course, that statement in Acts 6 that if you regard that as the beginning of the office of deacon, you know, seek out from among you seven men good reputation. That would fit mm -hmm. very much with 1 Timothy 3, but also full of the Holy Spirit yes. and wisdom. And, and what I find is interesting, though it's, it's recognizable that deacons are taking care of more practical concerns, not the spiritual ministries, Yet in their qualifications, it's still the spiritual emphasis there. First uh, Timothy three nine, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience, or as I've read from Acts six three, there about full of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it doesn't say anything about he must be a successful businessman. He's got to be well educated, kind of a guy with a PhD. He's got to have no. The focus is on a godly life and a man who knows the truth and therefore lives the truth. It's very yeah. picture, just like the qualifications of elders, of a mature, spiritual-minded, truth-loving servant of Christ. And for deacons especially, they have an obvious heart 
to serve. And I believe that's the point of those words in First uh, uh, Timothy uh, chapter 3.10 about let these also first be tested, then let them serve. You want to see in them a heart to serve Christ's church before they're, rec- they're simply being recognized for what's already there, what Christ has That's given right. them and how he has given them to that congregation as, as official servants. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, God is so gracious to give deacons to his church to, to serve the church. And we're curious now to ask uh, both of you pastors, why is it so important to have a healthy group of deacons in your church? How do they function in the church? Or if you wanted to answer it this way, you could, you don't have to, but how do they not function in the church or how should they not function in the church? So um, why is it important to have deacons? Well, I think that's already been said, especially uh, emphasized by uh, uh, Pastor Lee. Uh, they're very important to the church. Uh, if they were not important, I don't think uh, that God would have included them as one of the two official offices in the church. Uh, the existence of the office shows itself the wisdom of the head of the church uh, who gave us the office for the well-being of the church and the progress of the uh, kingdom of God here on this earth. Uh, the primary importance of having a healthy group of deacons, in my opinion, is so that the pastors may be freed to give themselves to the word of God in prayer uh, and uh, serving the spiritual needs of the church. Pastors do not need to have their time uh, taken up with all of these temporal things. Acts chapter six, of course, which has been referred to is the perfect example. As a result of their choosing out those seven men filled with the Holy Spirit, Verse seven of Acts chapter six states the word of God kept on spreading and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. That's a great statement telling us why a healthy group of deacons is so important to a local church for the ultimately for the spreading of the word of God. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're quite right. It, it's even now to free up pastors in the same way that those original fellows were uh, there to free up the apostles. But I think there's that other dimension as well. It's for the sake of the church to keep the church focused, as as Joe has intimated there. You know, it's possible for churches to have all kinds of falling out about practical matters. I remember hearing of a church that about had a church split over which side of the driveway they were going to drive into in their parking lot. Well, the deacons uh, can do their job, and the yeah. people who already expressed confidence in them on what color the walls are to be painted or et cetera, the things about which people may scrap. No, no, this is diaconal. Let the deacons go ahead and do their job and trust them to do so. So just like in Acts chapter 6, they're very much for the preserving of the unity of the church, uh, but that is so that the church can remain focused on the things that really matter, as Joe has said about the spreading of the gospel there from Acts 6-7, excellent observation. Uh, as to how they function in the church, I think it's important to uh, say that they they operate under the authority of elders. Yes. Uh, in Acts chapter 11 and, and verse 30, when the benevolent gift was sent from the church in Antioch to the church in Jerusalem, it was taken 
to the elders. Now, whether they had deacons then, uh, somebody else will have to sort that one out. But the fact is, the elders were the recognized overseers of that church in Jerusalem. And what went with the disbursement of those uh, benevolent funds at first was to the elders, and then under them, the deacons would operate. I argue the same from uh, Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, 1 Timothy 3. There's a reason why the deacons are listed second. In both of those cases, the overseers or the office of elder comes first. And the very language that's used, overseer, servant, it, it communicates that the servant operates under the overseer. Uh, as to the responsibilities given then, well, it is going to be things that are not specifically spiritual, but it's also important to understand that deacons are, are not a counterbalance or some kind of equal branch mm -hmm. of government. You know, we got the deacons and, and the elders, and, and they're operating as equal branches for checks and balances and rubbish. Uh, the deacons are not to run the show, railroading pastors in and out. Uh, yeah. They serve under the overseers. The very language, I say, points in that direction. So, uh, Joe, I don't know if you wish to add anything to that, but uh, there you have it. You know, I'll, I'll just say that certainly since deacons are, are wise men, sound men, spirit-filled men, uh, they they should be respected officers. And certainly when we practice this, uh, uh, elders should not uh, be hesitant to consult with these wise, godly, spirit-filled men, no. uh, especially in matters that have to do with the temporal needs of the church. But even their wisdom, the, the wisdom of our deacons, our men in spiritual matters, we do not underestimate. And we're glad to uh, run ideas by them, consult them, get their opinions. But once again, the elders are to lead and the deacons are to serve. And that balance must always be preserved in order to have a healthy church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That seems like a good place to wrap up this conversation on deacons. We've talked about what a deacon is. We've talked about the qualifications for being a deacon. We've talked about the importance of having a healthy group of deacons in the church, how they function and how they do not function or how they should not function biblically. Uh, we want to encourage you to continue to send your questions to pastors inbox at cbtseminary.org, or you can also submit your questions on the CBTS Facebook group. Uh, we are so appreciative that you continue to listen and show your support to this resource. We want to thank you and wish you grace and peace. <laughs>